Hello and welcome to another awards-filled episode of Safe Station Radio. I am your host, Dustin, and with me is my usual co-host, Connor. Hello there. And today, we're here to give out some awards. Some Safe Station Radio-specific awards, so the best awards. Today we will be covering, we will be doing sort of a review of what we played this year that we didn't cover for the show, so that should be a fun segment. We are going to give out specific categories, uh, awards in specific categories for games that we played on the show this year. Then we have a special pre-recorded segment that we did uh, where we tier ranked the games we played of the year. And then finally we will be doing our own personal top tens at the end. Let's start with the games we played in 2020 that we didn't necessarily talk about for the show. Connor, do you want to start us off? Uh, sure. Yeah, I play. I have a lot, so I'm not. I'm probably not going to end up covering all of these. I played so many games this year. My list, I think, totaled to about 110. As of this recording, I'm sure I'll beat more later. I pulled out 26 that I thought were notable to mention. I'm uh, probably not going to cover all of those. Uh, main one I wanted to start out with was I played Ape Out this year. <laughs> what a hell of a game. That game's so fucking cool. It's yeah. um, it's basically Hotline Miami if it was jazz instead of electronic. <laughs> and it is a fantastic game. I have them alphabetized, so I guess we'll just go down that way. Uh, I have Baba Is You. Super cool puzzle game. Uh, definitely go play it. Really creative. And then after that is CTR Nitro Fueled. Yes, and that's one we will probably do for the show eventually, but it's such a fun platformer, or not platformer, uh, cart racer, that I think really does a good job of accentuating, like, like it, it does a good job of being a cute cart racer that has a high skill ceiling, which I really appreciate and really makes it stand out from something, say, like Mario Kart or whatever. Or even the Sonic racing games, which I think is notable, and I'm very excited to get to that eventually, whenever we find the time for the show. Yeah, super cool kart racer. What are some of the ones you have? Yeah, I want to start out, uh, at the beginning of the year I played through Days Gone, which I honestly forgot I played. <laughs> um, is that the an PS4 interesting game. zombie game? Yes, it's the zombie okay. game that everybody made fun of because it wasn't The Last of Us. It's good. It is totally a game, though, that goes on for way too long. <laughs> It's a game where you will get to the end of it. You'll go, wow, that was that was a pretty good game. Pretty pretty interesting story, honestly. I don't know why everybody was so mad at this video game. And then it'll go, psych, there's a second open world. You are halfway done, <laughs> which is wild. Oh, no. I, I will say, I think if you're not marathoning it, it would be a much better experience. And if you know that going in to kind of take your time with it, I was like, oh, I'm almost done. I'll just push through. <laughs> to get to that second open world and be like, this is just as big as the first one. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, uh, dang. It's also weird because the story kind of comes to a conclusion, too, and then you get there and you're like, oh, I guess there's more. <laughs> um, yep. I did right. I did enjoy the experience overall, though, and I think one of the notable things about the game I want to say is, like, the protagonist has an interesting quirk where he kind of mutters to himself. Like, like, you get the sense that he's been alone for a while, and I think that that's actually a good thing about the acting is... You get the sense, like, through the acting, he doesn't act like a, you know, hero. Like, he's constantly kind of angry, and he seems kind of like he's a little, you know, he's a little out there. Which I thought was kind of cool and interesting uh, approach to a protagonist for a game like this. So, I did want to give that a shout-out. 
I played through the Outer Worlds earlier in this year as well. That's also on my list, yep. Yeah, enjoyable RPG. Very Bethesda-esque, very Fallout-esque. You get a spaceship, you get some friends to go shoot with. It's 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 enjoyable. I, I liked that game quite a bit. Yeah, as someone who's played Fallout New Vegas and got kind of bored with it, honestly, uh, I found this one's sort of just pacing and shorter length to be to its benefit. I've actually finished this one, so... Uh, yeah definitely pretty cool uh not as good as outer wilds but that is not on my list so i'm not going to talk about it (laughs) that's what i need to get to um then i also played toy story 2 and 3 (laughs) um toy story 2 for playstation 1 and 3 for xbox 360 we have a um we have a game store we like to go to a used game store where we get pick up classic stuff and i decided to pick up toy story 2 I had some like weird fond memories of it on PS1 because uh, I, I, I love those movies as a kid, obviously, like most people. Um, and so I remember playing that game and remember thinking it was cool. And so I picked it up when we were there the last time. It was pretty cheap and played through it and had a pretty enjoyable time. It's not like a perfect platformer. It's basically a 3D platformer, but it's enjoyable. And it's notable because you get to run around like Andy's house as a game environment. And that's that. really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's enjoyable. Um, it's a PS1 game, so, you know, it looks like a PS1 game, which to me is a plus, but, <laughs> you know, I get it. You know, I wouldn't say it's like a remarkable 3D platformer. It doesn't, it's not like a Spyro or a Mario or anything like that, but it's still pretty great. Uh, and Toy Story 3 I also enjoyed for some of the same reasons, though that game I think is a little more restrictive. It's a little more linear. It doesn't have sort of this more open sandbox approach that the second game had. Uh, it's fine. Well, it doesn't in its main story, I should say. It has a sandbox mode, which is really interesting. Where you're basically like, you remember the beginning of that movie where it's like this desert set piece where they're robbing a train? Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah, there's a secondary mode in this that is basically an open world of that area and you like build towns and stuff. It's interesting and it's actually pretty fun. But um, it gets away from like the, like I like the idea of platforming around these movie environments that I have so nostalgic for. Um, which is why I like that second game so much. But yeah, it's it, it's an enjoyable game. It's certainly you could do worse with licensed kid games. Yeah, so it seems like it's kind of a battle for bikini bottom style, like good for a licensed game. Way better than most licensed games, but still there. Yeah, I would definitely put both of these in that category. All right, pretty cool. Why don't you give us some more of what you played? Uh, I played event zero this year um this is a weird this is a weird indie game where you are on a spaceship an abandoned space station and you are just kind of trying to figure out what's going on pretty standard stuff but the main draw of this game is that it has the onboard ai and you can type into the you can type to talk to it um, kind of like if you remember Facade way back in the day, you know, where you could just talk to these people, but say anything and it was neat, but didn't really work. This is basically if you took that and made it actually work as a video game. <laughs> oh, this game. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, so like the text it. parser is really great at determining what you want to say to the end, to the AI and it uses a lot of really clever techniques to mask over some of the rough spots. Like the fact that it is an AI can be better 
to sort of mask when it doesn't quite understand you because it's an AI. Like, yeah, that's kind of how it would work in universe as well as outside. Um, super cool. It was really short and I feel like it could have done a little bit more with that, but it was a unique idea at least. I want to give shout outs to Rayman 2 and 3, which I played for the first time this year. Big 3D platformer fan, never got around to those. They're really enjoyable. I like 2 better than 3. 3 feels a very Saturday morning-y cartoon, which is not bad. But I think 2, 2 has a weird dark tone that I think is interesting. It's about saving your friends because they've been enslaved by pirates. It's weirdly intense, but it's cool. Those games deserve some modern re-releases. That's not on the 3DS. <laughs> yeah, totally. Also, shoutouts to Halo Reach, which I played through the MCC on PC. Again, played that game many times. Yep, I also played Halo 1 for the first time that way, and that game is actually really fun. So, Yeah, the Halo games are stuff we will totally do for the show in the future, so we don't need to spend time on that. You know, those are absolutely candidates for future episodes. It kind of sucks now looking at it, but I played The Witcher 3 <laughs> and all of its DLC earlier this year. Okay. Um, you know, if you... Or someone like me, who was pretty disappointed about Cyberpunk recently. Go back and play The Witcher 3. It's a very good video game. I totally get why people would consider that to be the best game of the generation. I think it's fantastic. I think its storytelling is really good. It has some genuinely upsetting and charming moments. I love the fantasy aspect of it. I, I really enjoyed the experience of playing that game. Especially the DLC, because the DLC gets pretty wild. Yeah, uh, there was one thing. It seems... it's. Not my kind of cup of tea, really, that sort of high fantasy stuff and a Western RPG. Um, but there was some weird twist thing that I heard about that got me interested, but I'm not going to go into that there. Yeah, that game goes interesting places. Like, yeah, it, it's definitely not one boring, of, for sure. Definitely one to keep on my radar. I want to get three quick ones out of the way that are just good video games that I play. I finally finished this year, and those are God of War 2018. Oof. Yeah, absolutely fantastic video game. Uh, one that I missed in 2018 because I didn't have a PS4 at that time. Uh, played it now. The Uncharted bits where you're just kind of climbing and talking and doing things slowly. They're okay. Um, they mainly are supported by a fantastic story and great characters, which I feel like a lot of Naughty Dog games thrive yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, so is Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... But to have that in combination with a really solid action game, uh, super great. Loved every moment I spent in that game. I also have Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> game is cheesy as fuck, but man, was it enjoyable. Um, unorthodox for a Platinum game to not have like a dodge button, but it's something I did get used to. And the story is so over the top and ridiculous that it's amazing. Yep, that game's fun as hell. Shout out to that um, soundtrack. Oh, that soundtrack is fantastic. The uh, the third one I want to bring up here is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I finished that this year, and it was uh, a lot more energetic, and I feel like a lot more accessible than most Souls games, which is what this game is emulating. And I found that really cool to see this sort of genre that we've seen to death since you know 2009 but done in this sort of star wars way and the story was decent but the the gameplay was actually really fun so 
that was a pretty pretty good game. I I really like that game. That's a game that like like I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I think my opinions on Star Wars are probably a bit blasphemous. But that game and Rogue One are my favorite Star Wars things. Um, oh, for sure, hundred percent agree there. Like I like yeah, the story is pretty straightforward, but I really like the main character and the side character. Like I I I enjoyed that game. I thought it was pretty well rounded. Um, you can't get me to hate BD one. Oh you just God. can't do it. Totally. Uh, I want to quickly. I played Journey to the Savage Planet early in the year. It's pretty decent. If you're like really wanting a like Metroid Prime type experience, I'd recommend it. And I it's, am. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's not gonna blow you away or anything, but like, I don't, it's cool. First person puzzle adventure game. Yeah, it was the. How was the tone in that game? Like uh, it's actual... goofy. Okay. Yeah, I. You get a choice. You get a bunch of choices for characters, and it's a first-person game, so it doesn't really matter. But one of the choices is a dog, which I picked. And um, every anytime your character speaks, it's just like a dog whimpering or barking or whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you sold me on it then. So okay. it's pretty goofy. It's got like a goofy AI that talks to you. It's it's definitely got an irreverent tone, and if you know that's something you can't handle, I would say it'd probably be a little annoying. But I didn't mind it. Okay, because another one that I played this year was Sunset Overdrive, and that has a very, on a surface level, has a very similar style, where it's that sort of irreverent but uh, goofy tone. And Sunset Overdrive's plot and dialogue, I really did not like at all. <laughs> like, I thought it was cringy at some points. It was fine at other points, but it was not great. Uh, Sunset Overdrive's gameplay, though, is fantastic. That is up there with um, Jet Set Radio in terms of just movement, and it's up there with Spider-Man in terms of open worlds that I never fast travel. <laughs> yeah. Because movement it's... is just so fun to do in that game. Uh, that Sunset game Overdrive is so is much fun to, to move in that I was disappointed by Spider-Man because I didn't think it was as good. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's your recommendation for Sunset Overdrive. It's also um, Insomniac, right? Yep. So yep. there you go. I'm going to talk about this later, but I played Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Fantastic game. Um, I replayed Mario 64 DS. First time I played Mario 64 in a while. The DS version is the one I have nostalgia for. That's the version of that game I grew up with. I love it to pieces. It has problems. I still, even in 2020, think that that is the definitive way to play that game. <laughs> um, yeah, I played, I played the original mario 64 this year and did not think very highly of it so yeah yeah i'll go on record saying that crash one is better than mario 64 yeah i agree (laughs) now when you get into the later ones like galaxy which i also played this year and odyssey which i also played this year those are like 10 out of 10 games specifically odyssey yeah and i also played odyssey this year and that it still holds up as like an amazing experience um and i'll give shout out to sunshine I think Sunshine is great. Oh yeah, and Sunshine's gets a lot great. of unfair hate. It's got some shitty parts, but a lot of video games have shitty parts. I think people tend to over exaggerate those. We'll talk about this later in the episode, but giving a shit giving a game shit for going for a hundred percent does not make the game terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's definitely noteworthy. I don't wanna, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's not a great, it's just But yeah, but I think Mario Sunshine in particular really gets a lot of hate where it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> But whatever. Um, Crash Bandicoot games you know about. I played Mad World on the Wii. 
because oh, that, that's, that's a weird game. one. How was that? Oh, it's um unfortunately dated. Um, yeah, that yeah. that's kind of the feeling I get about it. I really that's a game I've wanted to play for years, along with the No More Heroes games, which that's another one we'll fix on this show eventually. That game, it's it's unfortunately dated in a lot of areas. It's dated in its humor. Um, we talk about during the Savage Planet and Censored Overdrive. Don't play Mad World. <laughs> Mad World has two announcers that are constantly yapping at you. Oh yikes! And some of those jokes, very two thousand eight. Very much like, there's a lot of like uh, some homophobia in there. It's not great. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Is the game fun at least? It is for the most part. Um, it is very stylish. It's very black and white. Um, it does do that thing where uh, red shows up in the environment, so you get that really satisfying blood splatter. It's that part's cool. Uh, it definitely feels like a platinum game. I will say, going back to Wee Waggle <laughs> is a misery. <laughs> yeah. Um, in particular, in that game, there are some bosses that require it to damage them. And oh, if you don't dumb. make the timing on it, they will hurt you. And there was definitely a lot of deaths that were caused by that, which was infuriating. Um, so that's unfortunately a game I can't recommend unless you really have a deep curiosity about it. You know, maybe if they remaster it someday, hopefully pull out some of those uh, dated jokes. <laughs> It's, yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's one that I feel like needs a lot of work to do, which I don't know if many people are willing to do. <laughs> so, to be fair, I only noted once, maybe twice, where that happened. I think the bigger problem with it is that there's not enough content, actually, and you just hear the re- the announcers repeat the same thing over and over oh, again. Oh, yikes. Especially yeah. if they're constantly talking, that's annoying. Yeah, so that's that's the, that's the real issue with them, is like, you didn't record enough of this, and occasionally some of the things you recorded are pretty offensive um i will say it's got john dimaggio in it who's got a hell of a voice (laughs) but other than that i don't know that i'm i was thrilled with it unfortunately uh for the first time in my life uh and i've been playing this game for at least seven years now i have finally actually reached the end of minecraft legitimately (laughs) (laughs) i've never done that it it is man okay so i absolutely love minecraft to death i played um in middle school which is around kind of when it came out you know version 1.0 and all that kind of stuff i played it probably like 400 hours in two years and i got burnt out on it hard nowadays i think starting about 2018 and then uh even into this year i got back into it there's been a lot more stuff added they're still adding stuff there was a new update either this year or last year where they added a bunch of nether stuff super fantastic um even in that spot where i burnt out on it in my life i will still recommend that game as not only just one of the best like survival crafting games but just one of the best video game experiences ever (laughs) because just the amount of creativity and freedom that it gives you while still having like a compelling survival mode and then also having this creative mode i find all of that it's an endlessly replayable game obviously you don't need me to tell you this it's like the most popular game ever but 
I mean, I will, I will defend this game forever. I I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. Another one that I will well, real quick. Shout Minecraft's out. great. I agree. Um, oh yeah, no, for that's sure. totally a game that I will play because I find it relaxing. Like for me, it's like I put it on the lowest difficulty, so there's still a bit of challenge. There's still some mobs, but like other than that, I find it like a completely like just kind of zen experience. Yeah, it's cathartic, just like mining away things or just building dumb structures or whatever. Just something very satisfying about that. Yeah, it's great. Another survival game that I played this year, and I actually started this last year, but finished it in the start of this year, um, was Subnautica. And Subnautica is actually a really, really cool game. (laughs) Like, it was one that I heard about, I think, when it was in early access. You know, a lot of YouTubers were playing it, but... Actually, having played it, I found it to be a very... uh, It hit a lot of the same notes that playing single-player survival Minecraft hit, where, you know, that sort of search for materials and um, gathering stuff and then upgrading your stuff. That's something I love. Building a base, I found, was pretty satisfying. But Subnautica does more in actual storytelling, and then its ending, I felt, was a lot more satisfying. So... Uh, I'm not going to spoil it here, but definitely Subnautica was a fun experience, even though the PS4 version that I played was kind of buggy. Um, Subnautica's a super cool game. Nice. Um, I want to give a shout out to the... Uh, it's the Assassin's Creed collection on Switch that collects Black Flag and Rogue. I played through both of those. I love Black Flag so much. It's got lots of problems, um, particularly in 2020. I feel like there's just some gameplay stuff that I was like, oh, this feels older than I remember. But, man, no video game has ever satisfied my need to jump from one ship to another. Well, dope-ass pirate-themed music is playing, and you're having these battles. Like, it's so satisfying. And that game is... That game had a way better story than I remembered it having, too. Like, there's a really nice personal tale there. Um, it's That game is really good. <laughs> it's just really good. I played Rogue for the first time, which is kind of like its pseudo-sequel. It's kind of a spin-off-y thing. It was fine. I didn't like it. It's it's obviously not 4. It still has the ship stuff, but it's not pirate-themed. You're up... Um, I think you're up by the Atlantic? So it's kind of icy, kind of icy waters. Um, it was cool. You got It's the first game in the series where you play as a villain. You play as the Templar, which was interesting, but I, I wouldn't recommend that game uh, before 4, play 4. Uh, then if you really like the ship stuff, play Rogue. I'll give another quick shout-out here to Gato Roboto. Uh, little cute Metroidvania from Devolver. Played it on Game Pass. It's like three to four hours long. Totally recommend it if you, you know, can get it for cheap or it's still on Game Pass or whatever. Really enjoyable little experience, black and white, kind of trying to emulate a Game Boy look and style to it. Um, Really enjoyed that one. You play as a little cat in a mech suit. Nice. That's one that has kind of caught my eye, but I never actually got into. I think I own it somewhere, so I'll I'll give it a Yeah, if you got that, um, that, uh, how was it, the HIO bundle for racial injustice, something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. If you it was in there, so if cool. you bought yeah. that, you've got it. Um, I, I recommend it. It's a good. It's a nice little experience. Pretty satisfying to up, get upgrades and stuff like that. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and do another easy one that's just good, but I def- I played for the first time this year, uh, Titanfall 2. Oh, just yeah. fantastic video game. <laughs> We're totally going to have to do that. Like, um, what a great game. Yeah, so I won't go too in-depth. In uh, if you haven't played it, go play it. If you don't like multiplayer shooters, still go play it, because the, the single player is one of the best shooters i've ever played and this is coming from someone who's played a shit ton of doom 2016 and wolfenstein and like titanfall 2 definitely sits up there in terms of just pure gameplay and it has some great ideas that like sure they don't work for the whole game but they work for that single level and that's all they need to uh fantastic shooter experience definitely go play that 100 percent agree there's one that I there's a couple story based games that I played on here that I wanted to mention. The first of which is Hypnospace Outlaw. Um, this is that you might have heard of it if it's that weird one that emulates like 90s internet days. Um, I found that actually really a good setting to tell a more interesting story that felt pretty. I mean, both true to life, because that's kind of the age when I grew up with that sort of internet age, but I mean, it was a little before my time, but yeah, that sort of early internet sort of finding your group of people mentality permeates through a lot of it. And I found it a really, a really neat take on that. I have not played it since they just updated it with a bunch more content, so that's exciting i have that update but i have not played it since then i played it before then uh still really recommend it did you play hypnospace outlaw at all or no i have not gotten around to that one yeah that's one that you should put on your list at least um another one i played was stories untold um this is a short it's also a devolve i believe it's a devolver published game but it's one where it's by the same people that made Observation, not Observer, Observation. <laughs> I know those are, it's the Outer Worlds, Outer Wild situation over there. But Totally. Um, observations, I also played this year. It's one where you're on a spaceship and you play as the AI and you have to float around and all that. Uh, pretty cool. I also played Stories Untold and this one's more of a horror experience. And it's split up into four episodes that are pretty like segmented and then they all end up coming together into one story at the end which caught me off guard but was uh really well executed both of them are pretty short they're only a couple hours long but those kind of sit up there with event zero for me where they're neat concepts don't overstate their welcome and uh they're pretty fun for the two hours that they last or whatever nice i played the blob um it's so how is that? <laughs> it's another game that I've always wanted to give it a shot. It's cute. Um, it's a 3D platformer where you're basically painting the world. It's it, it has an issue where it's just way too slow, like way too slow, and it needed to be sped up. But I did enjoy the experience. Definitely one you should pace out though, because it'll get pretty boring if you try to marathon it. It's usually pretty cheap too, so if you really want to, yeah. give it what'd a shot. you play it on? Xbox. Okay, I have the Wii version sitting. That's why I asked. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how it plays with motion control, but it played well on Xbox. I also played Carry On, which I did not love. It's another Metroidvania. Um, it 
doesn't give you a map, which I think is a crime and is a little infuriating. But I do think it is a cool idea and like it's satisfying to play. The combat in the game is really cool. Um, you basically play as a monster and you're like eating scientists and stuff. It, it's it's cool. Um, but like actually trying to finish that game is a little infuriating. And I have no idea who made that choice, but it's annoying as hell. Um, I played Yakuza 2. It's just as good as Yakuza 1 and 0. So great. Loved it. I love that series so far. I'm so in on them. They're goofy as hell, but also serious. Um, I think I think the Yakuza games, like, to give you a sense, if you played Final Fantasy VII Remake this year, to me that game gave me heavy Yakuza vibes by how it kind of parsed out its side wishes and stuff. But I think Yakuza 2 does such a better job of making those side missions funny and interesting. Um, like, it's, it's, and they're totally ignorable too which is fine, uh, but like it's it's just great. Those games are great. You've probably heard about them. Try them out if you haven't. Okay, I will. I have Yakuza 0 sitting on my computer and have not played it, so I'll get oh, around man. to it. It's so good. Just tack on to my weird story-based games that I played again this year was um, obviously I played the first two Danganronpa games again. Pretty great. Uh, if you like Ace Attorney, you've already heard of these then. you you know about it have not got to the third one but the first two are still pretty great um i wanted to mention virginia and this is this is one that's up there with one that actually reached my top 10 this year where i would not actually classify it as a video game (laughs) virginia specifically is just a interactive movie and that might seem like a negative, but I actually really enjoyed it. Again, it's only like two hours long, but it's a entire like Twin Peaks style mystical reality crime drama. It's basically Twin Peaks. <laughs> the but, game is very unique and beautiful art. Yeah, and what threw me for a loop when I was when I first started it was the entire game does not contain a single word of dialogue and it manages to tell a really interesting interpretive but still satisfying plot without any dialogue and has memorable characters and key moments and great set pieces but um yeah very well done I was not expecting it to not have any dialogue but I I enjoyed it nonetheless um, I played Transistor, finally finished it this year. Super great. Uh, Supergiant does fantastic games. I've played Bastion, Transistor, and Hades so far. Um, Transistor's super great. Again, Supergiant's early stuff is very short, but they get what they want. They get the idea across and then don't overstate their welcome. Transistor's very good. Um, a couple platformers. I played Rystar on the Sega Genesis this year. <laughs> Nice. Um, it's it's wild, honestly. I enjoyed it a lot. Super charming. It has that very classic '90s, you know, still inspired by old cartoons design, but has that sort of '90s attitude. Uh, very much like Sonic. Um, he's another Sega mascot that got forgotten <laughs> very quickly. But Rystar is a cool, super cool game. He has stretchy arms and he can grab onto things. 
and then just bash his face into him. Uh, it's on a lot of Genesis collections if you find it. Uh, and then one that's similar and inspired by it was Spark the Electric Jester. Uh, the first one I finished this year. It's basically a fan-made 2D Sonic game with original characters, but it does a lot more in terms of combat and different abilities that reminded me a lot more of like Kirby, where you can swap different hats and have different powers that way. Um, really cool. It's a little long for what it is, but I, I would recommend it if you like those 2d sonic games specifically like sonic advance um or if you enjoyed things like freedom planet then play spark the electric jester as well uh, i only have one more on my list or two more on my list one of them is system shock 2 i finished this year uh f just absolutely fantastic i loved the way the story played out except for the ending it was wild to see a lot of the cues that bioshock took being most of the same developers down to using like the same health pack noise um but if you liked bioshock and you want to see kind of where it originated definitely play system shock if you liked prey 2018 then or 2017 whenever that game came out uh then you'll love system shock i feel like those are very similar just that sort of freedom to do what you want with your character and explore this uh world it has aged it's pretty old nowadays but i still really enjoyed it cool definitely one i need to check out for sure the first one is rough i if you want to play system shock one it's rough but system shock it 2 just is definitely sucks because that remake <laughs> that i convinced isn't coming out anymore <laughs> looked cool it'll get there eventually <laughs> i was waiting for that but i don't know yeah last one on my list is wilmont's warehouse uh, this was one that came out either last year or the year before. Uh, and this is a game where you just play as a cube and you have to, or just a square, it's two-dimensional. You play as a square and you have to organize boxes in a warehouse, which sounds super boring, but is something that I love. <laughs> you know, just organizing shapes and then getting them all in the right spot. And then so, uh, after you get them all organized, you have to then deliver things to the customer. So you have to make sure it's organized enough that you can do that quickly. Uh, I loved it. It was super charming, but has that sort of Zen-like just organization uh, method that I love. So Nice. Uh, the only thing I realized that um, I'm not going to talk about later is I've just played Spyro a bunch, which is not weird for me. That's normal. Don't make fun of me. It's normal to play three games over and over again um, i mean i played metroid prime symphony of the night and majora's mask all this year three of my favorite games of all time so you know <laughs> yeah totally. no shame here no shame um, here. it didn't crack my top 10 so i just mentioned it here uh i played a lot of dreams on ps4 that thing is really cool I highly recommend people check it out. I don't think it did very well, but like it was really fun to see other people's creations. It is a shockingly powerful tool uh, for game creation and a lot, of, a lot of neat stuff there. Yeah, that's um little big planet media molecule, yeah? Yep. And it does have a really charming, really cool uh, uh, game made by them. And it's basically like a, it's basically like three hours long. It's like a telltale game, like adventure game. 
and it's really good. So even if you are hesitant about the creation stuff or about playing other people's creations, the campaign that's included there is really good. Like from a story perspective, it's it's awesome. Nice. Well, let's move on to our award categories. of different prestigious categories here for the video games we played on the show specifically um better than the game awards i'll say uh at least more clear (laughs) 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 oh man why don't you start us off with best robot all right and the nominees for the best robot are the trash and recycle robots from crash bandicoot 4 they're in the snacks dimension. The oh, robot. Oh, we should say. Uh, probably not too bad in this section, but potential spoilers ahead. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not. Don't worry about it too much, but just you know, in case you're sensitive to that stuff. Continue. Um. We have the robot from Luigi's Mansion Two. Those are the little guys you flash with their light, and then they run at you and explode. <laughs> yes. Uh, the delivery robots from Death Stranding. I like that they hum and beep and whistle. I like that they're half a man. <laughs> they have human legs. Uh, we have the laser mech from Ghost Runner. The ones that shoot those big it's wide beams at you. Add at looking motherfuckers. Yep. We have Clonway Yonstein from Anodyne 2. Uh, he's the robot that is the brother to the other one. You know. You know those ones. Yep. And then we have two from Final Fantasy VII Remake. We have the Airbuster and the Hell House. This is a stacked category. It sure is. Oh, man. None of these gave me the visceral reaction that Hell House did. So that's my pick. <laughs> I think visceral reaction the... was a legitimate jump-up scream moment for me. Where, I've never played Final Fantasy. I did not know you fought a house. <laughs> <laughs> fucking rules <laughs> neither had i uh yeah the winner of this category is clearly hell house <laughs> hell house i will say my second place pick trash bot from crash 4 i love oh, yeah. that robot so, so much i love that. um best sword wielder we have the nominees are jack from ghost runner cloud from final fantasy jen sakai from ghost of tsushima kareem from eternal darkness and doomslayer from doom eternal I will say the only one, the only reason I put Kareem here from Eternal Darkness over any other Eternal Darkness character is because Kareem gets the Ram Dow, which can cut anything in half. So, pretty, That's pretty good there. cool. Oh, uh, personally, I gotta go Jin Sakai. Yeah, I'd agree. His whole with that. shit is swords, so. Yeah, I mean, Jack from Ghost Runner is also probably second pick. Yeah. Yeah, with Cloud. I well. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, Cloud gets third place. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, we can do that. Um, congratulations to the winner. Um, <laughs> Want to hit us up within our next category? Okay, this one's my favorite. This is the best ghost. 
and the nominees are Kareem from Eternal Darkness. Uh, after he dies, <laughs> spoilers, he dies. Uh, we have the sad ghost from Final Fantasy VII Remake. We have the ghost train from Anodyne Two. We have Polter Pup from Luigi's Mansion Three. We have Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima and Jack from Ghost Runner. Oh man, another stack category. Um, they sure are ghosts, huh? I, my favorite's Polter Pup. Got to be real here. Yeah, it, I think this is for sure. Polter Pup. Polter Pup is goat. Uh, Polter Pup has been nominated for many categories this year. A real scene very stealer. deserving. Deserving, uh, yes. Most satisfying technique. We have any super trick from Tony Hawk. Limit break from Final Fantasy. Uh, slide double jump from Crash Three and Four, and also two. Reflecting. Two didn't have a double jump though. Oh, didn't oh double jump specifically? I, see, I got you. Uh, reflecting bullets from Ghost Runner. Um, slam from Luigi's Mansion 3 Stealth Kills Ghost of Tsushima Stealth Kills The Last of Us 1 and 2 Glory Kills Doom 2016 and Eternal Ooh Just the most viscerally satisfying technique to pull off So here's the thing You organized this category I'm a little surprised I didn't take a look at this I'm going to add in a late contender Okay And say I forgot what it's called But the like super like your ultimate from Ghost of Tsushima where the screen turns red. Oh, yes. Because that's the winner. <laughs> okay, no, Nothing is right. more satisfying than that. <laughs> I can't the remember scary, what that is called, but it's so good. The scary red technique. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Very good. Congratulations to Ghost of Tsushima. Um, you know, I'll give shout-outs to Reflecting Bullets and Ghost Runner. Very fun. Um, the double jump in, or the slide jump, specifically in the Crash games, also very satisfying. But I think that I think that, that that shit where it's just so visceral with the screen just completely red and, and then like the enemies are terrified. And, oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, you're Very right. good. Very good. You're correct. Uh, hit us up with our next category. One of my favorite categories. Yeah, the next category is the best monster. We have the Doom Hunter from Doom Eternal. We have that one Resident Evil enemy from The Last of Us Two. <laughs> Uh, you know the one. Uh, we have the Tonberry from Final Fantasy VII Remake. We have Gustine Palayam, which is the taste bud guy from Anodane 2. And we have the Zelatoth Horror from Eternal Darkness. That's the one with the two corpses stitched together. Ooh, this one's rough. You go first. Uh, I think, I mean, the the obvious pick here is that one Resident Evil enemy. Yeah, it's very good, isn't it? It's like six zombies rolled into a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, you could have just put clickers on here. It would have been like... Ugh. Clickers, shamblers. Like, they make me shudder. Like, it's like bad. Bloaters. All of that. Yeah, yeah no, there's there's some good enemies in Last of Us too. I will say, Tom Barry, I think he's too cute. He's too cute. He's yeah, he's too baby absolute bastard, but he's pretty cute. Yeah. Uh... The rest of these are pretty good. I, I I also think we could have put uh, Doom Guy on here as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Doom Hunter I love though. Yeah, love yeah. his rocket sled. Yeah, pretty good, pretty All good. Right, you wanna are we sat on the, the winner? next category? Are we next... settled on Tila too as the winner here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, cutest critter. One of my, my other favorites. We have Polter Pup from Luigi's Mansion Three, Axolot guys from Crash Four, Foxes from Ghost of Tsushima. 
Big Dog from Anodyne 2, and Tom Berry, once again from Final Fantasy. This <laughs> one's rough. Best monster and b- cutest critter. Yeah, this one's rough. I, th- I think it's Polterpup's night, you know, with these awards. Oh, like, Polterpup's so good. Polterpup very is good very good. Polterpup is very good. Yeah, I vote I think Polterpup. it's Polterpup. The axolotl guys from Crash 4, they're on the alien planet, and they can show up a couple times. They sit in the background. I fucking love axolotls. They're like my favorite animal ever. That's why they got a nomination, but Polterpup, definitely. Well, don't ever forget, it's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> it's an honor to be nominated, Tom Barry. This, this next category is best muscles. Best fucking just, like, you look at that character and you're like, that that's gonna kick my ass, I need to leave. Oh, I have a last-minute addition to this one, too. Go Adam. ahead and read the nominations. Um, these are characters that do not skip leg day. Uh, we have Abby from The Last of Us Part Two, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, Dem... Kenniko from Anodyne 2. Drem, Drem Kanako. Dem Kanako. He's, he's, he's the wrestler man from the middle of that game. Um... Oh, and Khan from Ghost of Tsushima. Good addition. <laughs> oh. He is shredded. Oh, these are these are shredded characters. Ooh. I think the two that give me a visceral reaction when I look at them, I'm like, shit. Ooh, well, actually, Khan too. <laughs> hmm. uh, mine's a toss-up between Abby and Barrett. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Abby, but specifically because we get her muscles as a backstory. There you <laughs> her go. Her muscles tell a story. Pretty good. But, sh- but shout out to all these Abby. characters for being shredded. Just being absolutely ripped. Yes. We're double dipping a little bit here. I'm going to be honest. Best animal friend. We got... The nominees are Foxes from Ghost of Tsushima, Alice from The Last of Us Part 2, Polar from Crash 2, and Pura from Crash 3. You just wanted to nom- you just wanted uh, Pura from Crash Three to win. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm not I gonna mean, fight Pira, you on this. It's Pura is over Polar. Um, the foxes in Ghost of Tsushima are great, but they don't hang out with you all the time. And Alice from Last of Us Two just makes me sad. <laughs> so, yep. congratulations, you cute little tiger. Oh, adorable. Uh, it's. <laughs> You know what? Fuck that. I'm taking this next category. This one's mine. Do it. It's all uh, you. Hardest challenge this year. Uh, obviously, excluding COVID 19. Um, <laughs> Doom Eternal. The nominees are Doom Eternal, Ghost Runner, and giving Sony 500 goddamn dollars. <laughs> oh, man. The hardest and The winner is giving Sony $500. How? Why is that so hard? Why is so that so difficult. hard? Why? Uh, congratulations to Dustin for completing that I did challenge. It yes, I did. I <laughs> beat a all tag the team effort with your help. Um, <laughs> all right, hit us up with this next one. All right, this Probably is our, our only serious category in here. Yeah, this is our one serious category. This is the best soundtrack. The nominees are Ghost Runner, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One Plus Two, Doom Eternal. Anodyne 2, The Last of Us, and Crash Bandicoot 4. <sighs> These are rough. Um, I know, they're all so good. 
Yeah, and I to give them all credit, they all have soundtracks that vibe with their game. Like, not not very rarely does anything feel out of place in any of these soundtracks or scores. They're oh, this is hard. <laughs> this is really difficult. I will say my top three are Ghost Runner, Tony Hawk, and Anodyne Two, with Final Fantasy coming in a close fourth. About that giraffe moment from the last of us, though, it's pretty good. But the rest of the soundtrack is all just kind of atmospheric, which is great for that game. But it doesn't doesn't stand out to me as just good, just the best soundtrack. Okay, okay. Um, I think mine would be Anodyne Two, Doom Eternal, and Tony Hawk. So I think our main overlap there are Anodyne, Anodyne 2, 2 and Tony, and Tony Hawk. Hawk. I okay. think they both get an award. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Anodyne 2 say... gets the official award. Yes. Tony Hawk gets a bonus award because it's licensed yes. music. <laughs> and, and, I, and I agree because I think that, yeah, because I think Anodyne 2 is an original score. So I think just based on that petty distinction, <laughs> it gets it. But <laughs> shout out to all these games. All these games have fantastic soundtracks. Congratulations, Anodyne 2. All right. Next, coming up next, we have our pre-recorded segment, which is our tier list, which we've already recorded. Um, if you would like to view that segment as a video, that will be up on our YouTube channel. The link will be in the description of the podcast, uh, as well as timestamps. So if you do that, you can just skip that in the audio version of here of this podcast. And, if you're coming uh, from the video, the timestamps there to skip it. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for watching and we'll see you back for the final segment which is our top 10 lists hello and welcome to our game of the year tier list segment that's right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, we are actually doing this as a video version as well. You can go to the description of the podcast to find the link. Uh, it'll be on, up on YouTube. We figured since this is a tier list, it's probably better to do it in video than just an audio format. But if you'd like to listen, we have it here for you as well. And if you did just come from that video back to the podcast, we will have timestamps in the description so you can skip the segment altogether. Uh, to make it easy on you. A couple of things before we start. In case you're coming fresh, I'm here with my co-host, Connor. Hello there. And as this is uh, this is basically our replacement for, we were just going to do a straight game of the year list, and then we figured, ah, uh, you know, that's going to take a lot of arguing and probably not going to be as fun to listen to. So we decided to do a tier list because that seems a lot more, um, just a lot more enjoyable. Uh, it'll allow us both to pick our favorite game of the year and have it be on top. Um, this will be... We're arbitrarily limiting each category, though. We have 22 games, so um, S tier and A plus tier will have five games each, and the other tiers will have four. No more than that. And we both get to pick something in the S tier without argument. Other than that, everything's up for grabs. Anything goes. Anything else I should mention? Uh, if you want to do your own version of this tier list, we'll have a description link in the description for that as well. You can make your own, share it with us on Twitter. Um, 
I'll be very happy to see those. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Safe Station Pod. Just send those over. Um, that'll be in the description as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, and it should be stated, these are not necessarily new releases. These are the games we played for the show this year. All right. Well, let's just start off with our Game of the Year picks based on what we played. Why don't you give me yours? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, Get it away. Rip off the Band-Aid. What is oh, your S tier? Guaranteed S tier. No questions asked. It's got to be Doom 2016. Really? Oh my god, I am yeah. shocked. Wow. I still love that game. You know, All right. Eternal's really good, but 2016's just, I still think is a little bit better in my opinion. It could just be because I played it more, but it's real good. Wow. Uh, that is a shocking turn of events. All right. Ladies what's yours then? Mine is The Last of Us Part 2. Um, All right. Maybe a controversial pick. I understand. Uh, but I. The further I get away from that game, the more I think about it, the more I just, I love it. I don't think it's without its issues, but like, I truly did love the experience, and I feel like the gameplay is a step above, especially for Naughty Dog, but even just action games in general, I loved playing it. Um, I, I am one of the few that really enjoy that story and those characters, so that is my standout pick for the year. Fair enough. All right. Um, uh, one we can both agree on crash bandicoot 4 crash bandicoot 4 in s tier i'm pretty sure yeah yeah i i agree that is a fantastic platformer with it's just and granted neither of us 100 percented it which i know that's there's a lot of criticism around that experience but i think just playing that straight it's one of the best 3d platformers in years it's very charming it's very adorable and it's just it's just hella fun yeah and i like that it took everything that worked in the original trilogy and both expanded and improved on pretty much everything so you know a plus sequel to a game that's over 20 years old yeah i agree and and really great work from choice to bob choice from bob on that one um let's i'm gonna make a oh and we should say Everything on here we played, I think we both enjoyed quite a bit. Um, understand yeah, there's if a we reason put... this tier list doesn't go below B. <laughs> yeah, like we liked everything a lot on here. So, you know, when we put games lower, that's not a statement of like, oh, we think this is bad. It's just compared to everything else, it's it's lesser, but not bad. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to make a bid for a B pick here, and I'm going to say Anodyne 1. Um, really neat game, really cool story but i think gameplay wise it fails in a lot of areas i think it has a frustrating collection aspect that if you're not paying attention to by the end of the game you will find yourself wandering around the world looking for cards um but i i still recommend that game but i think it's with a lot of caveats which is why i think it's a b oh yeah for sure you agree on that 100 percent. all right you want to make a make a choice here um for b tier I'm going to say Doom 3. Doom 3. Um, I know it's one that neither of us had finished at the time of recording our episode, but since then I have played through all of it. And it's decent. It's not a bad first-person shooter, but it definitely does not live up to the Doom like pedigree. And I think it's 
it's definitely serviceable, especially for its time, but it's pretty average overall. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of things about that game, and I played through most of it. I didn't finish it, granted, so take my opinions here with a grain of salt, but, like, I found myself kind of bored. Um, it felt very much like a... Like, it felt like Bioshock, kind of, but they hadn't quite figured out what made Bioshock special, which is, I understand, an unfair criticism because this came out before Bioshock. I, I know. But, like, just in terms of when I was playing it, those are the feelings that I got as this felt like a lesser Bioshock. And, you know, I, I think that first game that's really focused on story, I didn't really enjoy the story. <laughs> so, Yeah, I will say my big standout for that game was the later at, uh, levels where you go into hell were actually really interesting. I like the design of those, but overall i think it kind of falters a little bit so still pretty good it gets a b tier mm. i'm gonna say ghost of shishima gets an a plus yep i would agree with that really really enjoyed the game really enjoyed the combat really um i like the open world aspect of it even though I, I do feel like it falls in the trap of a lot of open world games what gives you a lot of side stuff and that side stuff does get a little dull toward the end if you're 100%ing it like I did uh, but really cool game really like the story really enjoyed the other combat um, despite it having some major flaws in my opinion with like the lock-on system and the uh, not being there and some of the camera stuff but did really really like that game yeah, this one was actually kind of a surprise to me because I thought when I picked it up that it was going to be, you know, pretty good. It was going to be some sort of either open world Assassin's Creed style and to be fair, it kind of is. But I think the story and the art direction especially really grabbed me a lot more than I thought it would. Um, so that's why it gets an A plus for me. Um... Man, I want to talk about Doom Eternal. I think Doom Eternal is also an A+. I think it just misses the S rank because of that final boss fight, honestly. <laughs> and the Marauders, in my opinion. Um, I think it is so close to being like a perfect video game for me. But it just has some frustrating sections that I just don't feel like vibed with me at all. I feel like the Marauders really force you into combat scenarios where you are limited to two like basically your shotgun and i guess your ballista if you're good enough but like it just kind of for me it kind of went goes against the ethos of the game which is use everything um and i feel like those combat encounters really slowed down the game for me um you know didn't make it unenjoyable certainly don't misinterpret that i loved it but but i feel like that's why it misses the s tier for me personally yeah i would completely agree and this is why i put doom 2016 in the s tier because i feel like it hit that balance a lot better the mainly mainly the inclusion of the demon weak points in doom eternal where it sort of encourages if not requires a certain weapon to be enemies specifically the main standout example is the cacodemon requiring a bomb of some kind meaning you have to use a specific shotgun mod or your grenades i find that like that kind of limits player choice in a certain way um that i feel like doom eternal doom 2016 had a little bit better um doom eternal still a fantastic action game enjoyed the hell out of it um and we'll get to the dlc later but i feel like a plus is right about where it lands 
Yep. What you got next? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and put Anodyne Two in the A plus as well. Oh, really? I want to fight you on that and say it's an S. Oh, okay. I've no no arguments there. I was lowballing it for myself. Oh, make your make your. It. I mean, talk about it. Yeah, no. Uh, Anodyne Two was not only just a complete surprise for me in terms of um enjoyability you know it was one that i thought was going to be neat you know it has that ps2 or that ps1 style to it which i thought was very interesting um but just the way that it uses its mechanics and its characters and i mean the entire dimension shifting as a way to separate characters specifically with like dustbound village um and then the entire story from start to finish was really great in the way that it's very simplistic to understand on the surface, but you can delve a lot deeper into it with your theories and whatnot. I felt like that is a really hard thing to accomplish in games, but really nailed it. Um, Not to mention all of the weird moments that I won't spoil in here. I really really enjoyed this game complete shock to me that i enjoyed it as much as i did but definitely one of my favorites i played this year yeah i completely agree um i love that it's a game that sparks conversation for the same reasons i love last of us 2 i love anodyne 2 because it's a game that you can have discussion about it's a game that you can interpret it differently i think that that's really fascinating and i i think that it is a near perfect sequel i think it improves on everything from anodyne 1 like it is I think that is a special game and a very unique one that people should definitely play. Um, For sure, yeah. I'm going to put the other probably obvious S S tier and then probably, you know, cap that off for now unless we have other arguments. I think The Last of Us 1 is truly a masterpiece um, for me personally. I think that that game is very special story-wise. I think that the combat is super fun even though I think it's improved in 2, but I think it's great. Um, I think going back and playing it this year, it was surprising to me how well that game held up even visually. Um, it is, that game is stunning in a lot of ways. Yeah, even though both of us played the remaster, I think the PS3 version still holds up extremely well. Um, and the way that it just works to incorporate its gameplay mechanics and its story, something that I complimented Anodyne 2 for, I think Last of Us really does a lot with very little and that's really impressive because the game is not super complicated but the way that it uses those to tell this extremely compelling story with these extremely well-written characters i think that definitely earns it its s rank yeah i agree it's a very simple tale but it's told incredibly competently and incredibly well uh what's your next pick Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and put Eternal Darkness in the B-plus category. Hmm. This was one that I enjoyed more than I thought I would, (laughs) Um, but it's still very rough around the edges, and it shows its age, which I know is not its fault, really. It was a very different time, but I think... The reason why it's getting a B plus rather than a B is just because I found the story more engaging than I thought I would. And 
yeah, it's hokey in a lot of spots, but the way that it sort of weaves these different time periods together, I found was really engaging. Plus, it was one that I can still recommend after playing it three times in a row, which I can't say for a lot of games. So B plus is where I'm putting it at. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm trying to uh, uh, see so where I'm at right now is I'm trying to decide if how I feel about that. Like, I'm trying to decide if I sh- if it should go to your buff, essentially, because I did really think it's a really unique, cool experience. But I do think you're right in terms of how it's aged, and I do think there's issues with it. There are specifically several sections in that game that are kind of slogs. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right for now. I think I think we leave it there. It is cool though. Yeah, if you have the chance, definitely play it. Um, Death Stranding is a weird one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> I feel like, ooh, man, you know, I'm gonna skip that one for now. I'm going to go with an easy pick here then and go Tony Hawk and I'm going to go A+. I think that game is pure joy and pure delight and is so satisfying in almost every aspect. Um, For sure. I mean, you could sell me on an A+, with the soundtrack alone. The soundtrack is fantastic. The gameplay, while deceptively simple, is hard to master, which I feel like is a quality that a lot of fantastic games have the way even just exploring the levels is a joy to find those secrets or the letters or whatever i find there's a lot to enjoy about tony hawk and it's a great remaster of it a great way to bring it into the future um just a great package all overall yep completely agreed on that um just a phenomenal experience and it honestly any other year it might even been an s game but like i feel like we put we just played a lot of good shit All right, you're up next. All right. Let's see. Let's go ahead and put Final Fantasy VII in the A-plus as well. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Really great RPG. I mean, it does kind of feel a little... Like, it goes on a little bit long, I feel like, for what its mechanics entail. Um, Even still, it's only like a 30-hour game. I feel like that's the right length. I feel like just sometimes the... Especially when you do some side quests, the battles can feel a little samey. That's by only really negative. The soundtrack is great. The story was incredibly well told using the fact that it's a remake. Uh, I love the characters. I love the how the game looks even with the strange graphical pop in on the ps4 i absolutely loved this game and this was coming from someone that didn't think they would ever like these kinds of rpgs but this was the game to actually get me into rpgs this year i played this and then i immediately went and played final fantasy 15 which is an absolute blast I then went and played the original Final Fantasy VII, which is fantastic as well. And I am currently playing Final Fantasy VI. Uh, So, I mean, A-plus definitely is where it lands for me. What do you think about this game? I know we recorded two hours of audio about it, but 
Yeah, you know, there might be people watching this who didn't know. Um, I really enjoyed this game, and, and to repeat myself from that episode, and you know, say something blasphemous to Final Fantasy fans, the only one I played before this was 15, which I absolutely love. I really like Final Fantasy 15. I still, honestly, again, don't hurt me. That's probably still my favorite um, of the two, but like, I there was a lot of concern I had going into this game. Um, I was excited about it, and then they announced that it was going to be this weird pseudo turn-based thing, and I don't care for turn-based games at all. So I was like, I don't know about this. Um, but the combat really engaged me, and I really ended up loving that. It's honestly my favorite aspect of the game, which shocked me a little bit. Um, I really liked playing around with the materia system. I thought that was really fun. I really fun, really great moments in that game. Um, really enjoyable. I do feel like it tries to do some uncharted shit and it fails at that. And I think that that's unfortunate. Um, I, I think that there's just a lot of instances where it's like, oh, squeeze through this really tiny gap, and it's we're gonna do this incredibly slowly, even though everything around you is exploding and it doesn't really have a sense of urgency at all. Um, and I feel like that's unfortunate because it does kind of rob the the story a bit, but. Other than that, I really did enjoy the experience of playing it, and I liked the characters and, yeah, the plot. And I, I'm, I'm honestly surprised, you know, somebody who has never played the original, at least not yet. I plan to fix that sometime. I'm surprised at how much of a full game it felt like, knowing it was just a part one. Um, it felt like a full experience to me. Like if I hadn't known this was a remake, I wouldn't have said, "Oh, that's an incomplete story." I would have said, "Oh no, that feels like a story with a cliffhanger." Like it's, I thought it was that good. Yeah, definitely a solid A plus. Oh, man. Ooh, let's get a negative out of the way. I think Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon is our uh, is our third B-tier game. Yep, I would agree with that. Good game. I think it's still Luigi's Mansion, so it's still charming as hell, still fun. But there's just a... I think the mission structure of it just doesn't really work. Um, and it just has some frustrating sections, unfortunately. I love the art style, though which obviously carries over into its sequel. I think it's really poppy. I like it more than the first game. Um, I just lo I love the cartoony aesthetic of it more, I think. But other than that, I do think it's I think it's up there with Doom 3 and Anodyne 1. Yeah, I would completely agree. Um, it's a worthy sequel to the original, but definitely does not live up to the original. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Also, fuck that turret second sh section. <laughs> <laughs> Ice boss is the worst. Yeah. Alright, what do you got next? Uh, let's go ahead and put Doom 1 in B+. Now, Doom 1, obviously, classic. You know, you can't really it's doom one like what do you say about it at this point uh i still find that it's an enjoyable first person shooter even you know 27 years later the it has definitely aged you know the 2d elements definitely f are weird to a modern gamer uh especially the ability or lack thereof to look up and down is weird but i think the level design still pretty solid um, the main reason it's getting a B plus and not an A is because I think Doom 2 does everything it does better. So, yeah, I mean, it's solid. It's better than Doom 3, definitely, but it's it's pretty good. It's 
it's kind of where it started. So it's there's been better later. Hmm. And this is unfortunate. Maybe when we get to this list, I'll make arguments about this. But like, I don't, I don't really care for Doom One and Two. So I'm just gonna let you lead the discussion on that um, for now. And I'm gonna put Doom Two in A. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. I don't really care for this 2D, 3D thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's like weirdly like when I tried it this time, it kind of played with my head, and I didn't enjoy it. Um, like it made me a little nauseous. But I understand their importance, for sure. And if we did actually play Doom 64 for this year, which I have played this year, um, I would say that definitely tops Doom 2. <laughs> but really? as it stands, it's Doom 1, 2, and then 2. Okay. Okay. Um... Man, Death Stranding again. Still going back to that one. It's just... Like, I could put it in any of these categories where we have space in. Honestly. So B to A plus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like it'd be fair to put it anywhere in there. Um, we just put it in the solid A middle of the pack. <laughs> Alright, let's just do that for now. It's such a... I definitely feel like it's... It's downsides, mainly its story, and to some people, a boring gameplay system is definitely a downsides. I find it still really enjoyable, which is good. Um, and then there's kind of just the overall cheesiness of it that you can kind of laugh at if you're... I mean, that doesn't make it... That's not really what it's going for, so you can see that as a failure, but I find it still entertaining. Uh, I really like it. There is a lot of sort of downsides to it so i think a middle of the pack of our tier i think it kind of sits there man you talk about the cheesiness though i don't want it to be cheesy it's got cool ideas and it executes on them just because so i played it poorly. twice and i'm like all right yeah like so poorly i want to move it down to a b plus <laughs> all right that's now fair. that we're talking about it like i like the gameplay of that game uh, you know, we just talked about it. I think it's a, a really interesting, cool game. But man, the story is a bummer. Um, the overall story. I feel like the little moments of the just concepts, connecting people. That's yeah. cool. It just goes way too far. It's got a ton of great ideas. It just doesn't string them together in a way that's satisfying or interesting. Um, okay. You're up. Well, since we freed up an extra slot in A, let's just go ahead and put ghost runner there you want to put ghost runner in a and not an a plus i mean if you want to use up our last a plus slot i think that's an a plus game all right i'll agree with you there now you know i understand the same thing i just said about destiny you could also apply to ghost runner a little bit uh but i feel like the gameplay in ghost runner is just so satisfying and it's so it just gives you that feeling of like satisfaction every time you run through a room and nail it and you get everybody and you figure out their patterns and you like you just like nail all the different enemy attacks and it's just kind of it's very um to use an overused word visceral <laughs> and I, I it's very energetic yeah yeah it, it's very arcadey and very fun like it is definitely and that's the kind of game 
where it's that sort of just purely based on the action and the gameplay that the story can falter and it won't overall the affect overall experience. You know, if the main objective was just get to the end of level because it's a video game, it would still work. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed that one. I, I'm not going to fight you on putting it in A+. Plus. It definitely deserves it. Yeah, it's definitely the kind of thing where if we were just ranking these based on pure like gameplay like satisfaction, it would be up there with Doom 2016 and Eternal and Tony Hawk. You know, it would be a nest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it could sit in A plus with Doom Eternal and Tony Hawk. Yeah. So we're running out of space here. We have Crash Bandicoot and Luigi's Mansion left. <laughs> um, Three Crash Bandicoots, two Luigi's Mansions. I think Crash Warped is an A. Oh, for sure. That is a fantastic platformer. Um, you know, I think personally some vehicle sections I could do without, but the pureness, the pure platforming of that game is pretty much almost immaculate. Like, I really think that game is really fun and really satisfying. It's also just like, that's the game where they introduce Cortex as um, as just tired. <laughs> it's not wanting to deal with I anything, which that. is my I best. It's so it's also, good. It's also the game that introduces Entropy, who I think is a great villain. It also introduces Uka Uka, who I also think is pretty great. Uh, you can play as Coco in this game for the first time, not counting insane versions. Uh, yeah, fantastic game. I think four tops it, but definitely deserves that A. This was the main reason why I was... Like, Ghost Runner and Crash, I feel like, could alternate between A plus and A if you wanted to swap them. Ooh, let's save that. Let's save that. Okay. Think I do it. enjoy where they're at, so. Ooh. On that note, I think Crash 2 can sit in A as well. I talked yeah. mad shit about 100%ing that game, but we're not giving Crash 4 shit for it, so... Crash 2, I think, based off just the regular gameplay, pretty solid. I think uh, Crash 3 gets just a little bit more points in my book, but, I mean, Crash 2 is fantastic in its own right, so it could sit in A there as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that game does have some weird backtracking stuff within levels, but I, I don't know. I feel like like Crash 3's stupid motorcycle sections are <laughs> that game's equivalent. Um but again, the backtracking and problems with Crash 2 are mainly only if you're 100%ing it. If you're just playing the game normally, then it's not an issue at all. Yep, so. which is what I did. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to rip off a bandaid here and say Luigi's Mansion 3 is either B or B+. Yes, I'm going to go with B+. Okay, we can do that. Better than Luigi's Mansion 2, but we can go ahead and put... It has some of the same. Real quick, it has some of the same problems as two, though, which I find annoying in a sequel, where it has a lot of the same like backtracking feeling stuff. It has it does it does a better job of disguising it, but it is the same mission structure, um, which I think works better. Granted, but I do think it is still not as satisfying as the first game, and I think that like it's charming as hell but by the end of it i was pretty bored i don't think it introduces enough gameplay mechanics to make, keep it interesting throughout the whole entire experience it's a little too long um so that's why i could see it as a b two 
but yeah. Yeah, I still feel like it does better than Dark Moon, specifically because of Guiji and the puzzles that he brings. I feel like that is a little bit more engaging than what Dark Moon had in terms of relying on heavily backtracking puzzles and item collecting puzzles and then relying on combat, which I feel like three does a little bit better than two. So that's why it gets a B plus for me. Yeah. And to give it some credit, I think presentation wise, it rivals Crash Bandicoot four as just like how cute and charming it is. Like, just there's a lot of stuff. animated movie quality. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff in there that put a big dumb smile on my face. So I will give it some props for that. Uh, and the co-op is really cool. The It's, you know, almost a hundred percent co-op. So that's, that's neat and it worked really well until i played it um and that was fun i do think luigi's mansion one probably goes in the tier above um i think that game that game's issues are not like the game's issues when it came out i don't think are issues in 2020 right i think that game got a lot of hate for how short it was you know, it's like a four-hour game, maybe. <laughs> um, which I understand if you're buying a new full-price video game, that that can be frustrating. But I think playing it in 2020, when you're not necessarily thinking about cost, it's it's very charming. It doesn't stay. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's enjoyable the entire way through. Um, personally, I think the other two games have a better art style, but I don't know. I think this game is still pretty charming i mean for the longest time i categorized luigi's mansion one as one of my favorite games ever uh since then many things have topped it but i definitely feel like its length works to its advantage you know it doesn't have a lot of mechanics to support six eight ten hours so that sort of four to six hours or if you've played it a shitload of times like I have, two hours. <laughs> I feel like that works to its benefit. The way the... I feel like the exploration factor, which you can see is backtracking or just forcing you to go through the same rooms again, I feel like that gives it a better sense of scale and makes it feel like more than it is, whereas something like Luigi's Mansion 3 is, yes, it's bigger, but it feels less interesting because you know there's not really other things to explore. Uh, well, there was it, some it, things that I just didn't even know were in Luigi's Mansion 1 until, like, last year, so... Yeah, and I mean, that game is... I think it's better because it feels like you're exploring an actual environment, whereas Luigi's Mansion 2 and 3 both have problems of, like... Like, in 3 is better at it, but, like, yeah, they feel like you're going through levels. And when you have to backtrack through another level, it's like, I'm just walking through a linear path. Um, whereas Luigi's Mansion 3 feels like an environment you can learn, and you can learn... Or Luigi's Mansion 1 feels like, you know, you can learn shortcuts, and you can learn... You know, it's it's a manner. It's not necessarily a linear um, environment. And so it feels more interesting to explore. And it... I made this comparison when we talked about it. I think I did. In one of those episodes. About how it's really a Resident Evil game. Even though it doesn't look like one but it is um it just has this and it's satisfying right it's satisfying to unlock new rooms and to discover new things in that house and it disguises the backtracking as something fun and explorative rather than something frustrating and boring which is the problem that the other two games have 
Yep, 100% agree there. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 1's our last one, and it can only go in the B tier, which, yeah, I think that's about right. Um, I don't know. That's a very satisfying platformer. I'll give it credit for that. But it doesn't have the variety 2 and 3 have in terms of level aesthetics. I do think it can get a little boring towards the end. But I don't know. It is a really satisfying game. <laughs> I would be okay with swapping Crash 1 and Doom 1 if you'd be willing to do that. I would absolutely be willing to do that. Let's go ahead and do that. Ooh. Doom 1 and Doom 3, I feel like, have their own strengths. They can sit on the same tier there. Obviously, their sequels have done better, and they get to sit above it. But, I mean, Crash 1, I still enjoyed going back to it twice this year. <laughs> once to play, and then once to 100%. Yeah, definitely. Very satisfying. The But it has aged, and the sequels two three and four do everything that it does better so b plus is probably a good tier for it yeah i agree i think like the mechanics especially that two adds with the sliding and the jump you know the slide jump and stuff like that i think that there's it's it's missing that right it feels like you're missing that that extra mechanic to make it really shine so looking at this tier list is there anything about it that you want to make an argument for changing Hmm. It's a pretty damn good list of games, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not going to have this hard of a time picking these tiers next year, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, the... man. We already have some games lined up that are bad. <laughs> so, so it's not going to be as positive. Just be like, oh, this one's. We just have 22 good games we played this year. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough. I mean, it's uh, kind of rough now because I'm like, these are all pretty good. These are all pretty damn good games. The I'm actually kind of leaning on swapping. Oh, man. No, I don't know if I can do that. I was going to say swap Doom 2016 and Final Fantasy 7, but that... Hmm really conflicted on that one yeah that one's hard i think i personally would put 2016 over final fantasy 7 because i think it's a more consistent experience yeah i think you're right i'm gonna okay. i just i just immediately thought about the sheer amount of hours i put into 2016 and was like no come on yeah final fantasy has higher highs but i think it's got lower lows you know what i mean like it's yeah i would agree with that um I don't know. I'm pretty satisfied looking at this. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty solid list. Um, with our game limitations, I feel like I would be a lot more generous personally when I did this list several weeks ago. The only B-tier games I had were Anodyne and Doom 3. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I would agree with everything that we've put here, so... Well, fantastic. Well, that's locked in, then. That is our tiers. That is our game of the year list uh, for the games we played. It is definitive. Whenever you think about this group of games, they are ranked this way. No arguing. Anybody tells you they're not, they are wrong. Now you right. know 
for certain that Doom 2016 is better than Eternal. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I can get my... Okay, whatever. Whatever. We're moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> that shocked me, by the way. I totally expected you to go Final Fantasy as S-tier first. I thought about it, but man, Doom 2016 so good. It is very good. Alright, so if you're watching this on YouTube, this is one section of a larger podcast we will be doing... We'll be doing a wrap-up on all the games we played this year separately, so just kind of interesting picks. Uh, for example, to tease you a little bit, I'll be talking about Toy Story 2 on PlayStation 1. Um, so, you know, should be interesting. Uh, we will do our own personal Game of the Year lists, so that's our own top tens or whatever from games that came out this year that we played, not necessarily tied to this podcast, but just stuff we liked. And then we have, like, some fun categories we've worked up to, to kind of fill it out. So if you want to check that out, it'll be... Uh, on the podcast feed which will be linked in the description of the video uh, also in that podcast in that podcast description we'll have timestamps so you can skip this section since you've already watched it and thanks for watching everybody check us out on twitter we already said the podcast name safe station pod connor where can they find you uh i mean it's on the screen there it's at conifer ssr <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't get that luxury I'll, I'll put mine in on, on post uh there you go dustin h dragon at dustin h dragon on twitter anyway thanks for watching and we'll see you for the rest of the podcast yep take care Let's talk our favorites. Uh, I think we just categories we just broke this down by games that came out this year, which we just liked. Uh, I'll start off. I have a bunch of honorable mentions. So yeah, I have fourteen games on here total. So my honorable mentions will be the Mario 3D All Stars Collection, which are great games in a bad collection. <laughs> which is why it doesn't yep, crack pretty much. Animal Crossing, which I barely tried. Um, but I think it's cute. Call of Duty Cold War, which I thought had a fun campaign. I finished it the other night. It was enjoyable. Uh, but I think the multiplayer is a step back from Modern Warfare, which I really enjoyed last year. So I'm a little bit bummed about that. And then Dreams, which I talked about a little bit earlier in this episode. What are your honorable mentions for this year? Okay, so I have five honorable mentions that don't qualify for the category at all. Um, those being Doom 64, it's a re-release, doesn't count. Uh, same with Pikmin 3 Deluxe, uh, re-release doesn't really count. Mario 3D All-Stars also fits in there. I also have the two Pokemon Sword DLCs. Those are pretty fun, but they're DLCs. They're not, they don't really count for the category. And then my special shout-out to Hard Space Shipbreaker, which I believed I talked about earlier. Uh, or maybe I skipped over it. Uh, it's not finished, but I did play a lot of it this year, so I didn't qualify it there because I don't think it's actually out officially yet. So um, my actual honorable mentions of games that came out this year are Last of Us Part Two. Wasn't my cup of tea, but definitely had a lot of positives. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, it's just straight up junk food game. I played a lot of it, but 
it's a lot of style over substance. And um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 just barely didn't make the list. So there you go. Fantastic games, all of them, but just barely didn't make the list. Nice. All right, so to start us off on my number 10 game, for my number 10 and number 9 game, these are games I have not completed yet. So if I had, they might move they might have moved up on the list they're just at the bottom because i'm haven't finished them yet um to, 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 that should tell you how seriously we're taking these top tens but my number 10 is Sackboy: a big adventure i think it's charming as hell i really like it so far it's just it's so cute and i think the platforming's fun it's it's a tad slow not as bad as the blob <laughs> but but i i like it a lot um really good music in that game the, it has some excellent use of license tracks as well, which I thought was really cool. Uh, so, yeah, big shout out to that. What is your number 10? Um, my number 10 is NSR No Straight Roads. Oh, nice. Another, I got halfway through that game. Really liked it so far. I just fell off. Yeah, it's a cool uh, action game that's set to music. Your actions don't have to be set to music, but... Uh, if you do, you can like parry attacks. I just love the character designs, the personality in it. I thought that was really great. Uh, PS4 version had some bugs, but none of them were too bad. So, yeah, definitely a recommendation there. Uh, and I will say, if you like that game because of the stuff set to music, there are some levels in Sackboy that are <laughs> pretty similar. There you go. A musical number 10. Yeah. Um, number 9 for me... Just I haven't finished it because it's massive. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Really liking it so far, though. I like my Viking Thor guy. It's been lots of fun using a giant battle axe. I've befriended lots of animals in that game. They have all joined my Viking clan. Oh, uh, that's 10 out of 10 game right there. Yeah, I found a cat that hangs out on my longship, goes on raids with us. Saved a fox from a burning home the other night. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Uh, it is following along the line of the more recent Assassin's Creed where it's much more of a massive RPG. Very good. I will say, so far, I feel like the stealth has been de-officized to the point where it's kind of... I haven't found a great use for it yet, and that could just be me not playing it properly. I don't know. Uh, granted, that makes sense with the theme of Vikings. Not the most stealthy of people, but um, but I do like that game quite a bit. What is your number nine pick? Um, my number nine pick is one that kind of flew under the radar of a lot of people, but was it's a super hot mind control delete. This sort of pseudo sequel to super hot is more of a roguelike, which normally I'm not a huge fan of roguelikes. I feel like there's some weird decisions that go into making one, but uh, this one, I mean, it's it's super hot. It's just more super hot stuff. There's a lot of different modes that allow you to do some really cool techniques that are really satisfying to pull off. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. The story is still, you know, as nonsensical as the original was. But yeah, Mind Control Delete was definitely a fun time. I need to play that. I really like super hot one. So definitely on my list of things to do. Um, my number eight, the first game I've actually finished, Pumpkin Jack. What a charming little delightful game. 
Uh, it's a sort of Halloween-themed 3D platformer. It reminded me a lot of, actually, Rayman 2. Uh, it's, it's neat. It's not like a 10 out of 10. It's not going to completely blow your mind, but it's really charming, and it's very much like... It very clearly is inspired by Nightmare Before Christmas, so if you like that kind of style, I would recommend it. It's, you know, pretty cheap. Especially, I'm sure, by next Halloween, it'll be even cheaper. It's a great game for that. I don't know. Really, really charming little game. Okay, so my number eight pick is where we starting to get start to get into games where we actually covered them for the show. <laughs> um, my number eight pick is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I know we've we've talked about it quite a bit here on the podcast, but I I really enjoyed playing it. Caught me off guard was a lot more a lot more uh, engaging than I thought it was going to be. So it gets the number eight. My number. I'm realizing I left a game off this list. By the way, uh, Rip Ghost Runner. <laughs> um, oh no! <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna stick with what I have, though. Okay. Um, uh, my number seven pick is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It, just a beautiful, awesome Metroidvania. If you have not played these games, there are two of them now. They are just, they are some of the prettiest games out there. Um, amazing soundtrack really satisfying gameplay they really did a lot to overhaul combat in this one and i feel like it really worked um i have not played hollow knight but i hear it's similar to that i guess uh just really loved this game from start to finish i i think it was phenomenal awesome i have yet to i've yet to finish the first story game so i will get around to those sometime um my number seven pick is kentucky route zero tv edition uh this was one that i just picked up on a whim i heard about it that it was neat and it definitely fits into that sort of uh like twin peaks era like vibe which i'm very into so i picked it up this is one similar to virginia that i would not classify as a video game really um this one is more of just an interactive book but man, the atmosphere and the story and just the emotion behind everything, let alone the soundtrack, uh, was just phenomenal. Um, I still go back to some of the chapters in that game, specifically like chapter three when you're first introduced to the two musicians. I just I love the the vibe to it. It's simultaneously melancholy while still having a sense of optimism to it and it was a really enjoyable experience nice definitely one i still need to get around to uh my number six pick is final fantasy 7 uh for all the reasons we talked about before i really was shocked by how much i enjoyed the combat system in this game uh some really great moments really really had a great time with it uh my number six is doom eternal it's very good. It's a very good game. Uh, it's one that I've played the main campaign twice. The DLC is kind of not great, which we'll get into sometime in the future. But uh, overall, still a worthy sequel to the fantastic Doom 2016, but just barely doesn't quite meet it. So number six is where it lands. Nice. My number five is Ghost of Tsushima. 
really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it scratches that open world itch I have. Like, like I, I feel like I'm constantly looking for a new Assassin's Creed game or whatever, and this totally fits in that mold. Really enjoyed the story. Uh, we didn't really talk about the side characters much this episode, so I'll mention them. I thought they were fantastic. I uh, really enjoyed seeing their stories through, through side quests. thought that stuff was awesome. Yeah, the, the side characters are almost more engaging than the main plot, and that's really uh, notable. Yeah, it's it's very good. What is your number five? Uh, my number five pick is Ghost Runner. Nice. I loved Ghost Runner. It was everything that I uh, wanted out of something like a game like this, you know, this sort of first person version of the same genre that hotline miami fits into i'm a huge hotline miami fan so ghost runner being this you know cyberpunk version uh, first person version of that um you mentioned it was a first person version of katana zero which after that episode i went and played to its completion and yeah very much so katana totally. zero is amazing so ghost runner definitely gets that number five spot yeah ghost runner rules number four for me doom eternal i just i really appreciate these fast-paced action games for everything you just said about ghost runner i think applies for my opinions on doom eternal too when it's working when it's all working together it feels great it's super fun it all feels like sort of that like halo design infos of like a combat puzzle where you're constantly having to manage things constantly having to look at which enemy you're shooting with which gun very satisfying sure some of the enemy types i find are a little more annoying than others but overall a fantastic experience oh yeah for sure uh my number four is crash bandicoot 4 it's about time well that works out (laughs) is that also your number four no no my number four is doom eternal oh yeah (sighs) jeez listen to me when i talk you know i'm sorry i'm you're ahead (laughs) of me um yeah no crash bandicoot 4 fantastic sequel absolutely amazing the just amount of pure gaming fun that's to be had in a platformer like this uh is just astounding i had so much fun with just the pure 90s of it while still having that modern take on it we talked about this at length crash bandicoot 4 is a fantastic game absolutely my number three come on baby it's tony hawk one plus two Hell oh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. We are going to resurrect Scott Station Radio soon. <laughs> soon. Such a just such an Tune enjoyable enjoyable experience. And it's just so effortlessly like cool. <laughs> like it just feels good. Uh there are very few games that can replicate that satisfying feeling of nailing a grind and a bunch of flip tricks. Uh, continuing your manual like it's just so fun it's pure arcadey just joy love that soundtrack love everything about it i think it is perfect i just want more yep i definitely agree with all that my number three is final fantasy 7 remake um i said this earlier it's the game that got me into playing more rpgs i thought the characters were fantastic uh, I thought the story was equally as fantastic. The combat was a great mix of that sort of 
real-time action that games like Kingdom Hearts benefited from while still carrying in the turn-based stuff. I loved the graphical style. I loved that mix of fantasy and sci-fi elements. Uh, Even in the original Final Fantasy VII, just the way that it was translated here was fantastic, so it gets number three. Nice. Number two for me is Crash Bandicoot 4. Loved, loved it. Absolutely great. I think it is a fantastic sequel to those PlayStation games. I think it is satisfying in every way it should have been. I love the animation, the story. It's all very cute, very fun. Just just utterly fantastic. I think Twice for Bob did a great job on it. And it's the one game on this list that I'm like, I want to replay it right now. <laughs> like, I'm like itching to play it again. Yeah, for sure. My number two is actually a game I haven't quite finished yet. Um, I have gotten to almost the ending as of this recording. I will have probably finished it by the end of the year. And it is Hades. Uh, Hades was one that I have known about for a long time. Obviously, it was in early access for a really long time. But I never really got into it until... Uh, you know, that sort of Game Awards, Game of the Year review started rolling out and people were singing its praises once again. Um, Plus, my sibling was playing a lot of it and they said it was fantastic. So I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and get this. I picked it up on Switch. Um, My sibling was going to buy it for me for Christmas, but I bought it before them. Whoops. Uh, Cannot recommend it enough, though. The um, mix of genres being a roguelike with Supergiant's attention to detail and world building and their s- characters. I feel like they really nailed that blend. And it has some of the best storytelling, not only in just a video game, but literally the best example of storytelling in any roguelike game I've ever played. It is amazing what they managed to pull off with this game. Uh, The graphics are fantastic. The gameplay is extremely satisfying. Um, The random elements keep you engaged for playing the same four areas over and over again. Um, Just an absolutely joy to play and experience, and I can't wait to play more of it. Definitely one of my, like, notable admissions this year where I just just didn't get around to it. Um... That and Half-Life Alex were ones I wish I had been able to play before this. Um, my number one, my personal game of the year, The Last of Us Part Two. I really did love this game. Um, it is a game that has grown on me over time. I think that, yes, I do like the story. Yes, I do like the characters. Yes, I do like the controversial bits. Um, I think that it is, it is very good. Um, and also I think that like it's gameplay really shines and is really, really tense and is probably the most intense, like third person stealth action game I've ever played. I think it is genuinely fantastic at creating tension and I really did vibe with the experience. What is your game of the year? Um, well, if you've been paying attention to what I've kind of been talking about these last couple episodes, it's a game I haven't mentioned on this list yet. It's Animal Crossing New Horizons. 
I adore this game. I'm one that's not that played quite a bit of New Leaf on the 3DS, but didn't play anything before then. Um, I know my sibling is a crazy huge Animal Crossing fan, um, but this one, just the way that it... You had talked about earlier in this episode with games like Minecraft being a very chill experience, a zen-like experience, um, and while that is definitely true, and Minecraft did fill that void for me this year, Animal Crossing also did that in a very meaningful way that allowed me to connect with my friends and family this year in a very meaningful way. Just the amount of customizable elements between your town and your character and then, you know, interacting with your other villagers. All of that was fantastic. I loved I love just sitting and being in this world more than just about any other game I played this year. Um, it's also probably the game I've put the most hours into this year. Uh, probably around, I think I'm getting close to 200 hours. Just, I mean, the constant updates, the amount of times I've played with friends and family, the amount of just times that I would end a day just wind down with it and uh it's just a fantastic experience all the way through definitely um you know not a game i've i've gotten into yet i have it i've played it a couple of times but i haven't it hasn't clicked yet i'm hoping it will i want i want to experience it um but yeah you and half the planet (laughs) this game is (laughs) yeah it's so good totally yeah thank you for listening to our game of the year episode if you want to share your game of the years with us, hit us up on Twitter. We are at SafeStationPod is the uh, account for the, the show. Connor, where can they hit you up? Um, we said this in the last segment, but I'm at SSR, And I'm at Dustin H. Dragon. Yeah, and this episode will come out. We're recording it early, but it'll come out between around christmas time so you know merry christmas happy holidays whatever you celebrate um make sure you're staying safe and all that but i hope our sort of conversations about this year has been enjoyable at least yeah for sure um is there any contest stuff we need to talk about here or is that all handled via twitter can't remember uh that'll be handled twitter it would have it will go up alongside this episode. So definitely check out the Twitter for our giveaway. Um, Our winners will be announced today. Well then, uh, the next scheduled episode we have will be a normal episode and we will be talking about Sonic Adventure, which I'm very excited about. Oh yeah, that's going to be after the first of the year. uh, Two weeks from this episode, I have already played it twice (laughs) at this point. So yeah, it'll be quite the episode, I'll tell you what. Yep, for sure. Um, and I'll echo what you said earlier. Happy holidays. Hope you have lots of nice, specifically Zoom talks with your family. <laughs> yeah, your distant non-house family. <laughs> yes. And remember, be good to each other. Yep, and take care. Bye. <laughs>